This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All right, Brian, before we jump into our extended listener mailbag, I got to give a big thank you to your friends, my friends, our friends here at Love of the Star, our wonderful partner, Boomer Jacks. You know, I was at Boomer Jacks on Sunday evening, uh, catching a few games. It was a, a great night. Uh, we have I had the family with me, my wife, my two girls. Uh, and, and man, the girls were in love with the tableside s'mores setup that you can buy. You can literally get s'mores at Boomer Jacks to make there at your table. Uh, but the wife had the wings, and I've been telling you guys about these wings and how great they are, and they got a deal for you. Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. So whichever one you prefer, go to Boomer Jacks on those days, and they'll have you set up. But they got deals for you every other night of the week as well, including $3 drink specials, $15 buckets of beer, and it is the coldest beer you're going to find in the Metroplex or anywhere else. Wall-to-wall TVs, live music, just a wonderful atmosphere. Find your Boomer Jacks, one of 17 DFW locations, by heading to boomerjacks.com. That is boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, let's continue the uh, mailbag here, finish it up with this last segment. Uh, next question here from at Bull one He says, Micah played much more off-ball linebacker during the Packers game. Do you think Quinn decided that was a failed experiment, or will we see more games in the future that he tries to line him up off the line more often? Man, I think there's no greater contrast in terms of how Micah Parsons can get taken out of a game versus how Micah Parsons can affect a game than when you see him play linebacker primarily against Green Bay and the very next week rush the passer more frequently against Minnesota. Um, and and they they came back and, and were clearly willing to say, hey, we need Micah to affect the game this way, put Damone Clark in there after playing like seven snaps against Green Bay, Minnesota and the Giants, he's playing a lot more. Um, so, yeah, I think that... I, I think that was a, an experience for them, those back-to-back weeks, that I, I don't think they want to be put in a position again where he's playing almost exclusively at linebacker and not rushing the passer at all. I think they realize that's not an effective way to deploy Micah Parsons. No, and that's why Damone Clark's been playing, because they don't want to play. You know, They were trying to figure out how to play around uh, not having Anthony Barr on the field. And so I, I have a feeling that if you played the Vikings again, I think the Vikings would try and run the football. I don't think that their game plan was very cavalier, you know, but they've got really, they've got good receivers. They got a really good tight end. They probably felt like they could hold up better pass protection. But I think if the Cowboys and the Vikings were to play again, say in the playoffs, I think it would be a much different game plan for the Vikings. And, you know, we will see, we'll see if, if that's the case, but I think the, the, the reason with Barr potentially being back and Damone Clark playing better, or being more involved, that you're going to see Micah Parsons play more as a rush uh, linebacker himself. Next question here from BG. He says, is it just me, or does it appear that the corners give a lot of free releases off the line when in man coverage? Could this be a reason for the big plays? 
down the field, Brian, do you do you see any issues with uh, the, the the free releases that the corners are, are giving up off the line? Yeah, number seven is not a free release guy. Number three is Brown will free release, and and Brown plays with a lot more depth than say Diggs does. And you know, it's one of those things that you like to ask Dan Quinn: Is it just by alignment? Is it by scheme? Are you afraid of? You know, I'll say this about Anthony Brown: He doesn't look as quick as he has in the past. And I don't know if something's physically wrong with him, the catch-up speed, the makeup speed. I, I think there's been some times where he's been okay, but man, it, it seems like to me tracking the ball, finding the ball, makeup speed, running with guys, there seems to be a lot more separation going on there. And, uh, but you put seven up, uh, you put digs up on his man. He's going to run with that guy and stay in position. Whereas Brown struggles with that. So I think the free access you see is because of Brown playing more off than Diggs is. Next question here from Jonathan Lewis. He says, Dak has a top number of yards above expectation, which is a uh, it's an advanced metric related to uh, what the expected completion percentage is on a, on a pass versus what actually occurred. Uh, and Dak's been way above uh, expectation this year, close to the top of the league in that. Uh, but he says so much of that, is due to large volume of tight window throws and lower percentage balls. Should Dallas bring back some of the, quote, easy button throws they manufactured for Cooper Rush? Man, I mean, to me, I the problem with Dak is, hell, he made some tight window throws. You remember the, the RPO that they had in the game where he sprints to the edge, uh, the right edge, and Noah Brown is like kind of as a blocker over there, and Dak yep. just – hummed one and Gallup caught it and the corner was all over Gallup you know I mean it was a beautifully thrown ball for a sprint going to the right I mean Dak the, the problems in some of these Daks the interceptions have been some some tight window throws uh or and you know, or guys that have not let him or have let him down on some routes so I man I, I don't know I'm kind of I'm kind of in that mode right now where I'm like I'm I'm not changing Dak. Maybe I'm thinking about some of those option routes and stuff like that and what they're seeing, you know, down the middle of the field. It seems like what we three games now, we've had three interceptions going down the middle of the field. So maybe that's a change. But overall, man, I, I still saw I saw some I saw some guys going to get in the football. I saw Gallup going to get in the football. That's a good thing. I saw Lamb going to get in the football. And I'm telling you what, you add Odell Beckham, you're going to have a third guy that's going to go for that football. So I the easy throws and all that, that's what you got those tight ends for, the boots, the waggles, stuff like that. That's fine. I wish this team would develop a screen game with Pollard. They can't. Yes. They, they, they can't. Zeke, Pollard, the, the Cowboys have zero screen game. And I'm not talking about throwing the smoke route to the outside and hoping that CD wins or Gallup wins or one of those guys wins out there. I'm talking about a legitimate damn screen game that most NFL teams have. Next question here from uh, Peter Metzger. Uh, when was the last fake field goal attempt and when will the Cowboys try one? You know, I think the last fake field goal attempt was when you worked for the team and Tim Cedar scored a touchdown. Uh, that that may have been the last one that was fake. Man, you guys had to do everything you could to manufacture offense in those all those early. Oh, Joe, Joe Avanzano coming up with some stuff. Yeah, you, uh, you, you had to. You had to have Tim Cedar faking field goals. You remember? Uh, I remember you guys had to have Tim McGee lie down on the ground and. Just oh have, yeah, play dead. Yeah, that was 
That's how you, yeah, you had to play dead to just get open and, and complete. But you got, you, you guys did Bruce it. Bruce Coslett. That was Bruce Coslett. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bring this up in part uh, because uh, obviously, you know, I don't know when the last time they were in a fake field goal is. I wanted to make a Tim Cedar reference. Shout out to Tim Cedar. But also, uh, it is interesting to me. It made me think have they, do you think they, they, they've reeled in the mad scientist Bones Foss a little bit this year? Because we have not seen. A lot of his his normal, uh, you know, wacky special teams design. It, it's been very straightforward. I wonder if that was something they said. Let's reel that back this year. No, I guarantee you he is going to give you a Christmas gift on a Saturday against Philadelphia. I oh. guarantee it. A nationally televised game. Uh, I guarantee you. I, you know, I guarantee you that it's going to be. Uh, you're going to see him do some kind of fake. You're going to see a throwback. You're going to see some kind of deal going on here. He'll figure something out. He can't help himself. You know, he really can't help himself. But you don't want to fake field goals against the Colts or Houston or Jacksonville. You don't want to waste it against those teams. You want to save it for the the big moment, the big game. Uh, I will say this. I watched the field goal attempt that that Maher missed. Uh As soon as he hit the ball, he knew he missed it. He literally – as soon as he swung his foot and hit it, you could see his reaction that he knew he missed it. It's, it was really – and I was thinking because he kind of just kind of shoved the ball out there to the right and it didn't come back for him. But it's so weird because I was thinking, okay, bad snap, bad hold, miss hit. It, it just – but as soon as he hit that ball, you could tell in his reaction he knew it was no good. I mean, it didn't even – it wasn't even hoping that it was coming back. He just knew it was going to be out there, and it wasn't going to move. I, uh, I it's funny uh, that reminds me of of something I, I talked about in in the you know in the last couple of years where I remember Max Scherzer uh, was was pitching a game and he delivered the ball. He, he was pitching it, and before I, I want to say it was uh, Stanton for the the Yankees had, just crushed it, and, and he released the ball, and before it was even hit. You heard the mic pick him up, screaming an expletive. Yeah, it's like it's just, and, and it makes me think of that with Maher and and kickers are experts at that too. Quarterbacks do it. How quickly they can process that they just he made. knew he knew. I watched him instantly. Dead. As soon as the ball left his foot, you could see he just did, put his head down and turned in disgust. He knew he had no chance to make that kick. Uh, this is probably the last question here for us. Uh, or uh, we probably got time for, for one more for this. Uh, the question from at Ted Light. Uh, with wear and tear being a thing, how important is it that Dak is five games fresher than most quarterbacks going in December? Pros, cons. Uh, I, I don't I, I I think it's good. It, it helps. Uh, if you're looking for a silver lining, um, you know, not having to uh ha- have the same sort of wear down that, that other quarterbacks have had, you know, that's that's not yeah, a charm. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And that's a that's a guy who you've talked about this before. He tends to overwork during the summer. Absolutely does. And and, and so for a guy who who puts in almost too much work at times, uh, it's it may not be the worst thing in the world that he was able to get, you know, a lot of September and October off. Yep, I totally agree. No problem with that. See, the thing though I do worry about is Mike McCarthy and the trainers and doctors and all that will tell you that Mike is very friendly when it comes to players' health and understanding players' health and trying to keep them fresh, you know, but I don't want them to lose that edge. You know, I don't want them find a way to win these games. Don't lose that edge. I understand rest and recovery and all that, 
but you know, make sure that this team hasn't lost its edge going into the playoffs. That's that's going to be important. Last question here from DC Lee. Uh, we'll go a little conspiracy theory here, Brian. Uh, you tell me if this matches up with what you've seen on tape. Uh, it appears as though Mike McCarthy has taken over play calling or at least begun to assert during red zone or situational football and games. Jekyll and Hyde offense, your thoughts, Brian. You're shaking your head. You're saying no to this one? No, I I, I will say that Mike has probably clicked over and told Kellen Moore like he did in the Green Bay game on second down you got two downs to pick this up. So, you know, I, I would, that's where I think, I think that Mike has made some suggestions along the way, but I will not say he's taken over the play calling, but I do think there's a lot more conversation about what needs to be done. Uh, you know, maybe that fourth and two, you know, if you're going to do that, maybe it's run, run and get the first down that they had instead of, you know, take a shot down. They went max protection, by the way, on third and two, trying to hit that ball. And they still got, they still gave up pressure on it, you know, which caused Dak to make a bad throw. But I, I think that to me, the, you know, the fourth down run was not well blocked. You know, I, I, I would say that Hendershot, you know, he went outside and maybe instead of, maybe they thought block, not blocking Jalen Smith was a good thing that he would probably miss the play. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't. He made the tackle. Uh, but I, I, I will say that I think Mike is, Talk to Kellen Moore, but taking over play con, I would have to disagree with that. I would say this. If Mike McCarthy had taken over play call, and I don't think you'd still see them running the option routes. No. I don't, I don't and, uh, that, there are aspects of this that are still very clearly Kellen Moore. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right, that does it for us here on the Love of the Star podcast. We'll be back with you guys two more times this week previewing the Indianapolis Colts. And who knows? Maybe we'll we'll get some expedited news on Odell Beckham Jr. We'll be talking to Jerry Jones on uh, 105 Through the Fan. In fact, when you hear this podcast, uh, it's very possible that we've already talked to Jerry on Tuesday morning, but hopefully we'll get some good insight from that that we'll be able to bring to you guys uh, later this week. Bobby, I don't know if you heard this, but he moved it to 730. So yes, 730. He is not, is no, yeah. not as normal 830. He's at 730 on Tuesday. Uh, yeah. So you've Central heard- time, 730 Central time. There, there we go. So uh, keep an ear out for that, and we will talk to you guys again later this week.